Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast. Ash and myself back after another frustrating loss on Monday Night Football to the Saints. Going to dissect this one this week. Um, got a few, uh, obviously, grievances to air and things like that. Not sure we're going to be able to keep it as positive as we did last week after the loss to Tampa Bay. But, you know, it's not going to be all doom and gloom, Ash, is it? We, we still do have some positives to talk about this week. Oh, yeah, there's still plenty of positives at the end of the day. You can still tell, like, that we've been... We we know it was a frustrating game. We sure. know we were up and we lost again. I mean, mm. it's the common theme. It's the storyline of the charges that we're up um, and we lose by a score or less. So, and we get that it's frustrating, but you've got to you've got to try and break it down, see reasoning, see reason why this is happening. Um, and at the end of the day, we played the Saints in the Superdome. They gave us very little hope at the beginning with the bookies, and we've we've come out of it with a frustrating loss. Enough, it's not not nothing to do with how badly we played. It was just a game. It was one of them games where you look at it and think, "How did we lose it? Mm. How did we lose it?" And it's starting to become a reoccurring theme now. It's, it's sure. must be some sort of mentality issue, um, and it must be something to do with how we can get over the hump in some respects how we can how can we change the narrative from being a meek team to a resolute team like strong someone can yes can see out these games and there's a difference between winning games winning super bowls winning playoffs getting to championships and finishing eight and eight nine and seven and yeah. not making these playoffs and we'll look back we look back last year and, and there was games that we lost loads by one score or less but that was more of an effort issue, like, and there was there was reasoning behind that. There was bad quarterback play, bad play in respects of players weren't they just weren't on the ball. That this year, I think that it's it's there's a slight change in that. I think there's other reasonings, but we'll, we'll come on to that later. But mm. it's just one of them ones where you look back as soon as the game finished you're frustrated you sort of go off in a half you then you reevaluate it watch the game again watch bits and pieces read stuff about how the game reacted and you 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 kind of have to look into the bigger picture how they can change this the direction it can go because at the end of the day one and four is not great but we've mentioned before scheduling issue scheduling games coming up now obviously there's a lot of changes with our schedule which maybe yeah, we can talk sure. about as well yeah, yeah there's still hope so and you've got to cling on to hope as a football fan you've got to sort of like think how can <laughs> we true, true. how can we how can we move that into into games six seven eight and nine and go forward because they're like we said mentioned it on the last pod there's there's loads of opportunities to pick wins up and get momentum and once you get momentum things can start happening as we saw last year with the titans us the year before that and teams they um i think there was a meet um linval joseph said um in the team meeting after this game about the um new york giants in 2011 started zero and four ended up getting to the playoffs and winning the super bowl so mm. it's not a storyline that's not it's the it's if you can pick momentum up at the right time, the season's not over, but it's now make or break for us. Address the situations at the bot in the bye, get our players rested, get some issues sorted out, and get on the front foot and move on into these in, into these games. Yeah, definitely. I think um obviously we'll come on to the schedule and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, you know, you've brought it up. The bye does come at a good time, I think. Um 
like I say, just get some bodies back. Obviously, there's a few beat-up people, especially, you know, big players as well. Obviously, Joey Bosa only played about a third of the snaps on Sunday. Uh, sorry, on Monday. I wonder how many times I'll do that today. Um, and, you know, you're missing a play like that. And he was still pretty dominant. He still got a sack. He still made plays in about a third of the snaps. Obviously, it's a big miss if he can, you know, he's been playing hurt most of the season, if not all the season. If he can get back to being almost fully healthy after a week and, and you know, not have to miss two-thirds of the snaps next time we play, then... Obviously, it's going to be a massive bonus, same as a couple of other people. It's another week for people who are on IR that we're kind of not even thinking about at the moment to, to get healthy and potentially make it back for another game now because obviously they would have definitely missed what would have been the Jets game this week coming up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just want to speak to a couple of things that you said. So yeah, it's becoming incredibly frustrating despite the positives that we'll talk about that it's like if you take it from game one through to this game, then the Chargers could have been 5-0, and but equally they could have been 0-5, you know, with the way it's happened. And it is, is, you know, sort of getting through those finite plays and defining plays and and coming out the other side and with the win, though, you know, and it's just going the other way almost every single time. We got really lucky week one, obviously, with Bullock missing that kick, which seems like a such a long time ago. But it's been the other way. You know, we've lost out on one or two players here and there, one or two players each week that have just cost us. And it, like I say, it's really frustrating. I don't want to be happy to lose, you know, as much as we're trying to be positive, and we will be, because like you say, it's not dead and buried and there are people to come back and there's games coming up that look quite winnable. And if we come back in a month's time, then it could be a much more healthy story on in terms of the win-loss record. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't want to be happy to lose. And it is getting really frustrating, especially because it's it's years and years. Almost every every season that we've had of Anthony Lynn as head coach, apart from that one year when we came back from 0-4 start to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. I don't know. Is it Like you say, it's a mentality thing, isn't it? It's getting over the hump. And I think you're starting to see it in a few of the senior players and it's really grating on them. And yeah. we are a young team, you know, and these, these guys will kind of turn it around and you know way either you're looking at Justin Herbert and the way he's talking after the games and he seems like he's absolutely certain that this will turn around and I kind of believe him but it needs to happen <laughs> you know what I mean it, it it it's not gonna happen on its own no one's gonna give you games in the NFL so how how they do that and and when they do that uh, needs to be figured out kind of soon for me yeah this is it's a collective thing I think it's you can for me there is a there is glare there is glaring a couple of glaring reasons why why we're having this trouble. I mean, you got you got the commitment this year. Last year, you you saw there was lack of commitment. You saw the Denzel Perryman uh, thing last year, where it was lack of try and there was missed tackles all over the place. Just really lackadaisical, mm. like really like they've given up sort of attitudes. Where I think it was they were on a downward spiral and. For me, it was one of them ones where Lynn could have gone last year. There was very touch and go. And for then him to get the new contract, there was obviously some belief in that they can turn this round. The narrative is now that they've 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 there's a lot of talent in that building and they haven't turned it round yet. Why is this reason? Like for me, if I'm honest, the glaring re- I know that people talk about it, but the glaring reason is that the consistency, there is no consistency in our play, as in if you, the reason is because of the injuries of the consistency. So mm. you've got, I mean, our injury list at the moment is like a war memorial. It just goes on and on and on and on. There's just players and players and players and players out. We put up best part of a B team against the Saints there. And then 
people go, I can't believe they did it again. They lost like they, the way they did. The problem is, is you've got backup players mm. playing full games of football and it's not one or two. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot. Mm. And the, the problem is with backup players is they're inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. The, and when you're playing against people like Mahomes, Brady, you've got Matt Rule, you've got Sean Payton that's, that's calling plays, etc. After a while, they figure them out. Mm. Good players, they're, they're talented enough. They're consistent enough to carry, to carry their game through a whole 60 minutes. Backup players aren't consistent. Backup players consistently make mistakes, especially when you've got good quarterbacks that can identify their weaknesses during games. Mm. So we start well. We start pretty... There's, I mean, we did it against Tampa and we've done it now against the Saints. So we've had pretty big... Um, we've been up pretty big in both those games. Yeah. Why haven't we finished those off? We've lost players during the games. It doesn't help. It dropped their heads. So this is a mentality issue as well as a consistency issue. So, but then when the backups go in, it doesn't fall apart straight away. It falls apart towards the end of the, these games. There's always something that semi changes the momentum. And that's probably down to the coaches to blame in that respect where they are letting a momentum change happening rather than being aggressive enough to stop that happening. But then when, when the momentum switches, these players then are getting picked on. The backups aren't consistent enough to solve the problems that then are creeping in towards the back half of the game. Mm -hmm. So I think that the main reasoning for these issues that we're having at the moment, while we're not seeing games out is the consistency issue because We've got glaring injury problems during games and the backups coming in, they're just not good enough to be consistent performers. So that's why we're struggling. And then the mentality issue is because leaders of our team, they're not out there. We haven't Mm. got the leaders out on the field to get these teams, to get these players working as units. You can't expect a rookie quarterback that's played four games and a rookie linebacker that's played four games to be the biggest leaders on the field. It's not fair on them that they're the ones that are trying or they're the ones with the biggest voices trying to keep this team together. You've got to, I think that in one, one blame with Telesco is I think that he's, he's kind of let, so I mean, the, so most of our leaders are out injured, so you can't blame him on that. Let's yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah but there was a few leaders that were in the dressing room that he's let slip out the door that would have been very, very good backups. And we've lost them like Adrian Phillips, Mm. Derek Watts, people like that, that we've let slip through the door for peanuts really, when we could have kept them on and they would have been far better than these Brandon Faison's coming in, Ryan Groys, et cetera. So there's lo- there's loads of little bits, but I think the main glaring reason is our consistency issue because of our injuries and our mentality issue because our leaders are down from that issue as well. So I think that's that's probably the main reasons why we're struggling to get over the hump. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you say, we're missing. You know, I don't think in what four of the losses that we've had, obviously, all been pretty tight losses. I mean, we mentioned him a thousand times when we were going through our preseason stuff, but if we had Derwin James, I don't think we lose maybe two or three of these games. Yeah. You know, and that's one player. 
that you, that you bring him back, you know, and in an ideal world, you, you put in him, you know, you fixing him up and putting him straight into the lineup. You know, he's not able to get injured kind of thing in a fantasy world, but obviously these things happen. You know, and then you get Drew Tranquil. Obviously, everyone's expecting all Chargers fans are pretty hyped for him to have a pretty good season, you know, next to Kenneth Murray. And obviously, you know, it kind of, I did cross my mind as I was watching the game. And, you know, we've got Kaiser White, who is absolutely balling out. He's playing 100% of the snaps, even though last year we were told that Kaiser White can't play 100% of the snaps because his knee's not, like, up to it. He's balling out. He's playing 100% of the snaps. He's getting loads of tackles, tackles for loss. He's just making plays. He's making plays in coverage as well. Murray, again, you know, like you say, being an absolute leader, making loads of plays, looking pretty comfortable in space, more so than I would have expected in year one. And then, you know, you think, oh, God, if we had just had Tranquil and then if we had Derwin, you know, this isn't happening. You know, you lose Melvin Ingram for a couple of games now and Bosa's playing, like I say, uh, with one arm, <laughs> like pretty much the whole uh, the whole season so far almost. And he's still a problem for offensive linemen. And you think, for God's sake, like if we just had these guys, we're not losing these games. Because like you say, they're your, not you're just your, your leaders kind of on the field, but like your emotional leaders as well. Yeah. And they're the guys that, that don't let your team lose. You know, it's that mentality, like you say, of, like, we're just not losing this game. You know, yeah. you go out there and you, you make plays. You know, it, it can't be helped. Football is a, a rough game and it's a, a game where injuries occur. But it is tough. It's tough to lose these guys and then still battle through. So, yeah, like I said, I opened up by saying I don't want to be happy to lose. But like you said before, like to only lose by three points in the Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl, Super Dome to the Saints. Similar sort of stuff last week with Brady, only losing on a you know one score game with Mahomes. You know we're, we're hanging in there and we're doing okay. Yeah, especially and 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 with a B team like this. Yeah, like I, I really don't want to get away from the fact that there's the commitment is there this year. Like you yes, can tell, I completely agree. You'll get you'll get in as much as you can out of these guys. Like they're they have some of them haven't got a lot. They've just got they've got what they've got, and they're they're doing as well as they can do with these stuff. It's about maybe they need to have more individual goals. Maybe they need to get better as. But at the end of the day, they get better players than you're going to get. If they become better players, they're going to get bigger contracts and go on to do bigger things, and then they're going to become leaders and um, and leaders of their own franchises in some respects, and, and go on to do certain things. But you got you, you you can only get a certain amount out of these players, and it, mm. it could probably come down to coaches probably haven't they don't maybe identify the problems as quicker than the than the team they're playing against. Ha- um, has, been, has been happening in the last few weeks. So in respect to, you could tell Brady knew when we were playing the Bucks there was a weakness on Michael Davis. He was getting beat every time, certainly yeah. by certain things. And they exploited that. And mm-hmm. what happened was they picked that up quicker than our team picked that up. What should have happened is the coaches should have identified this is now becoming a problem. Let's change it. What happened? What didn't happen is they didn't change it. Maybe you can blame that on Bradley. Maybe you can blame that on Lynn. But there is issues where we're not picking things up until it's kind of too late. It's no different with this week. We were getting we were getting nothing with this run game. Literally nothing with this yeah. run game. Yeah, yeah. They were dominating on the defensive line, and the coaches seemed oblivious to the reasoning why we were losing so much. Sure. Like. The reason is, is because we've got turnstiles on the right side of our offensive line and we can't run the ball. Like, well, let's 
let's not keep trying to run the ball, especially when they were they were running on second and long. Like, let's let's identify these problems before they become real issues during the game. And what's happening is I don't think the coaches are quite reacting to the problem areas quick enough to see these games out. They're yeah. letting it, they're letting the momentum happen, they're letting the spiral happen, and then all of a sudden we're yeah, level or we're down. And then you then that's it. You can't really change that, especially when it's late and there's no time to sort of turn the tide and and go the other way. Yeah, I want to talk about the run game though. And like you said, you kind of brought me onto it really nicely with the blocking on Monday evening. I almost said Sunday again then was not good. Ooh. The amount of times that Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly got the ball handed off to them and there was a Saints player in the backfield already. Yeah. The, it was unacceptable. Yeah. And as you say, I mean, the Saints, I mean, I talked about the Saints last week when we were, when we were kind of building up to this game. The Saints have got a good team. They've got a good defense. They've got a great defensive line. You know, they've got Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Jenkins. They're, they're great players. You know, they're good players. Trey Hendrickson, and they've also got Zach Bond on the defensive line. That's a deep defensive line. You don't get plays off, you know, like we, like we were saying, you know, we, we're missing Bosa for two-thirds of the game and you've got um, Isaac Rochelle coming in. Isaac Rochelle's not a bad player, but he's not a starter. You know, he's a decent rotational pass rusher. But then you've got uh, the Saints who are bringing in Zach Bond through that role. You've got other players who are rotating through their defensive line as well mm-hmm. that, are, that are just real top-notch players. You know, and we didn't get a thing running you know, you take away Justin Jackson's 36-yard run yeah, and the average drops a lot, you know. Yeah. Josh Kelly didn't do too much, but again, I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the blocking up front. And then you've got, you know, our, one of our biggest runs was Tyron Johnson outside of that, and that was on a jet sweep. And you're asking, you know, trick players to give you the, a bit of a boost in the run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just tough, you know. And then... You know, you get a lead, and I know that Lynn wants to protect the, the the lead with the run. But if you're just not getting anything, you're just giving the Saints the ball back. Yeah, you know, and it's just it does switch the momentum. You yeah. know, and I, I can completely understand. You know, when when we had that playoff run a couple of years ago, that's how we won games. We controlled the clock, we ground it out, but we obviously got a lot more on the ground back then. We had Austin Eckler who was doing things out of the backfield. And as much as Jackson and Kelly are doing a pretty decent job, they're not Austin Eckler. You yeah. know, they're, ro- they're rotational running backs. It's like when we talk about Isaac Rochelle being a rotational pass rusher. And they're, they're doing an admirable job. And, you know, if they've got guys in their face or people blocking the wrong guys up front and letting guys through, then what chance do they have? You know, it's not their, their box score doesn't look great. So, you know, a casual fan or fan of another team who's checking up on Monday Night Football on Tuesday morning or something like that. They're looking like, oh, Joshua Kelly, he's not done a lot, you know, but the circumstances and the context behind his box score were completely weighed against him. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really, really difficult. And then obviously the coaching staff just like this incessant insistence on running on second down and first down. And it didn't happen every drive, but I think it happened in four or five drives where first and second down would run, run. And yeah. you're not getting anything on first down. You're putting yourself in second and eight, second and nine. You're not getting anything again. And then you're asking Justin Herbert, a rookie quarterback, to bail you out every single time. And that's not fair. It's like a bit like what you were saying. It's not fair to expect these young guys to bail your team out. And Justin's playing well. You know, Justin is doing it. He's been pretty good on third down all four games that he's done. He's played in, should I say, but he's not going to be able to pull the rabbit out of the hat every single time. And to ask a guy who's four games into his career, it's not right. Like, 
give him a chance on second down, let him throw it, let him play play a high percentage pass. You know what I mean? Like this Saints yeah. D, this Saints offense, should I say? Sorry, is the epitome of that. They're always ahead of schedule on schedule. They just pick, they dink and dunk. Obviously, Breeze doesn't like throw it downfield at all anymore. Yeah. But they've got the players to do it. They've got yeah. Michael Thomas, although didn't play obviously in this game. They've got Alvin Kamara. They've got Taysom Hill to mix it up every now and then. They've got a good player out of the slot like Emmanuel Sanders. They've got Jarrah Cook to be a big body. We have got those types of players as well. I think it was said in the broadcast, I think it was Lewis Riddick that said it, that Austin Eckler is our Alvin Kamara. We've got uh, another couple of running backs just like they have. We've got a Keenan Allen who you know would be the equivalent to our Michael Thomas in that sense. We've got a big body tight end who's got short hands and you know is trusted by our quarterback. And we've got a quarterback that can throw it miles further than Drew Brees. Why aren't we the Saints on offense and yeah. giving Justin Herbert a chance to to kind of ball out even more because he can obviously do it, you know. And if he comes if he comes in, I don't know, maybe not the next couple of games because our our schedule is still relatively soft. Say if he's you know against the Bills or something like that, like a decent defense, you know, and he, he does have a bit of a stinker, you know, he, he throws a couple of picks, you know, it doesn't matter. It's good for his growth. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Just take the take the take the training wheels off and just let him play. Yeah. It, it's just getting really frustrating. This I know, like Lynn's obviously going to run the ball because he's running back or an ex running back, and I I get the the reason and the situational stuff that you know we're going to want to run the ball and you can't just like say just let just know but throw 50, 60 times a game. But he's obviously taken the NFL like a duck to water. Let him do it. Let him throw it. Let him go. It's like with the Seattle fans saying, like, let Russ cook. It's like, yeah. I think Daniel Popper said it today on a, on a tweet, the, the athletic reporter for the Chargers. He was like, let Herbo cook. And it's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. let him make mistakes. Like, he's just thrown four touchdowns on Monday Night Football in his Monday Night Football debut, although it wasn't a crowd, but he's still on the road. Yeah. Let him let him make mistakes. It doesn't matter that he's going to, you know, you learn from mistakes more than you learn from success. So, yeah, it's just it's just a bit frustrating the way that the, the game's going. You can see, like you say, the momentum changing because these guys are maybe running out of steam a little bit because they are backups or they're just making errors and things like that. And it's just, you know, the tide's turning and it's too late. And you're just thinking, you know, you're asking Justin Herbert to make a massive play. And obviously we got it. You know, Mike Williams came up with another ludicrous catch again. Kind of reminded me of the Kansas City one a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, and you just think, you know, Badger's going to knock this over. He doesn't. Not blaming him. Things happen. But... You know, we're able to put ourselves in 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 position to win the game. Just play like the whole four quarters. Yeah. Don't go insular. The play calling goes so insular. And yeah, I just I just I'd I'd rather Justin Herbert go down swinging, you know, rather than being kind of like yeah. say the training wheels put on him a little bit. And it's the the kind of the reason why I brought up the Seahawks as well is they have also had loads of close games and they're five and zero. Oh. Yeah, that's what we that's what we could be. Yeah, you know, we we could be. I'm comparing us to the Saints and the Seahawks, two quite, quite different teams, but that's the situation that we could be in if we could just get over this hump, like you say, mentally and play calling-wise and just think, fuck it. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like fortune favours the brave in some respect. Mm. And, and you're, not, you're, not, you're not doing the right things at the crucial times to get to keep that momentum swing. And like you said, the run game, the last, especially the last two games, so we were up big. Last two games we were up big. And they've, they've, you could tell the run game wasn't working. Why were we up big? We were up big because Herbert was throwing the ball. So why yeah. are you going back to a run game that's dire that we haven't got Belaga and Turner, who are clearly, clearly the best offensive linemen to run the ball behind? They're not in the game. 
Tyrese and Lewis did an okay job when he came in, to be fair. So I don't know why they're not playing him over Groy. But Groy and Pipkins, if I'm honest, I think Pipkins is done. I just don't see, I just don't see the potential in this guy to to be a starter in an NFL. I think it's a it was a good try, but I can't see. I personally thought Storm Norton did a better job when Sam Tevy come on. Obviously, Sam Tevy went off with his with that poke in the eye. Mm. I saw more promising things from Storm Norton in about fifteen snaps than I have in Tevy in probably three games. I think that there's obviously something. You with mean Tevy. Pipkins? Then sorry, oh, sorry Pipkins. Sorry, yeah. but I think that there is something with Pipkins that mentally he can't. He just can't perform. Um, so I think that I mean he's. I think he's. Done, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not willing to throw the towel on that much. I mean, he came from Div no D two, yeah, in college. It's it's hard. It's a big step up, and he obviously didn't play last year at all. And, and he's been you, in against you, Cam yeah. Jordan, so yeah. I don't know. I kind of disagree a little bit with you there, but you're replacing him. I suppose you're replacing him with Brian Belaga. I mean, Brian Belaga has been he's been there for, like he was forever steady with the Packers for fifteen, well, ten years or whatever he was sure. there. He's been there a long time, but I just think that look, going back to the run, I think that they've we were up so big, they've decided to use the run game, which obviously was clearly dire in the Bucks game and in this game. Why why are you trying to force something that's clearly not there? Mm. Let's let's carry on with what's working. Why are you trying to make a team that clearly can't run the ball run the ball? Like mm-hmm. Is is you you're doing things completely opposite to what's working for you. Like most teams, once something's working, it carries on working. They carry on using it. That's why good teams and good coaches they figure things out during the game and then they roll with it. Mm. We seem to have this game plan of once we're up, we run the ball. Well, if you're not running the ball, just just do what you're doing well that put you up in the first place. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's situational as well. I mean, we, we spoke about it just before we came on. I, I mentioned the time when the Chargers got the ball back just before the first half ended with about two and a half minutes on the clock. And uh, it was a loss of yardage on the first play. And then they'd run a draw on second and 12 or something like that, second and 11. And it's just like, you, you're just not giving yourself a chance. I mean, I, I get the feet, you know, I get, I get the sort of idea you're trying to catch the Saints off guard and, and you know, sneak a big play, but you're hoping for like a bit of a long shot on second and twelve. You don't need a long shot on second and twelve. You just need a, a seven yard play to get you kind of on schedule again. Yeah. To give you quarterback a chance. And then again, like I say, it just goes back to what I was saying before, just asking Justin Herbert to bail them out, and they obviously didn't do it. Saints go up the other end after a decent return and score, gives them seven points right before the second half, and exactly the same, you know, situation as Tom Brady. Drew Brees is in the locker room telling his boys that they've, they've got a sniff, they've got a chance, they've got a foothold in the game. And that's the momentum swing. And then they go up in, in the second half and score, uh, what was it, 14 points in the second half? Second, sorry, the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, sorry, it wasn't, was it? That was in the fourth quarter. But they, they score in every quarter and they just ratchet up that pressure as we don't score in the third. And then 14 points kind of ground us down in the in the fourth. And it's just, yeah, it's just difficult. Like you just, you just can't give people a sniff in this league. You have to just keep your foot on the gas when, when you're up and, yeah. Like I say, we've had big leads in the last couple of games and, and just let it go. And yeah, it's just, like I said before, just a bit frustrating. But, you know, like I say, plenty of good points and, and positives as well. I think we've just spent a lot of time talking about the negatives, but 
you know, there's I mean, all, like you said, the main positive. I mean, we've we've got our quarterback. Like it's not. Hmm. We said it on the last pod as well, but this is this is more about now the development of Justin Herbert. Sure. Um, as just as much as it is, how are we going to turn things around in the second half of the season? If things don't, I can, I can see the next four games being crucial to the to the jobs of these yeah. coaches. Yeah. So, the only ones that are going to be missing out on this is the coaches. So they need to make sure that these players are 100% ready for these games. Mm. You're going to be based now on, can you finish and dominate against weaker opposition? Good teams mm. will and can, and good coaches will be able to find a way to get these wins, mm. especially in now, because we're, we're going to be sitting on this loss now. And especially the, the, Bucks game as well. You've got now you're going to be sitting back to back. Even though this we've got the buy and it's going to help with the he- the health of our players because 100 percent we need we needed this buy if I'm honest to get our players yeah. physically yeah, back into it. So the buy is actually going to be like a proper buy. Like we haven't got <laughs> we haven't got practices and things like that. They can actually have time to heal now. But these coaches have got to make sure that these players are back 100 percent mentally ready for these games ahead and let's see now if the coaches can do that because it's going to definitely be down to them to say because there's talent in this locker room when it comes back and when we've got all our players playing there is big time talent in this locker room with now big time quarterback so there is no reason at all that we can't be especially with this seventh playoff spot now let's not forget that that we can't turn this around and we can't become a nine and seven team for the rest of the season. And it's definitely possible because this, there is easily seven or eight winnable games that puts us at nine, which could probably get you into the playoffs. So let's not, mm. let's not, obviously we have, we talked about the negatives here, but let's not talk about, let's not forget that there's still positives and a, a lot of them that we, we basically, went neck and neck with a team uh, with this Saints team that a lot have been talking about as one of the contenders to get through and be a big contender for the Super Bowl itself. Yeah. We've gone neck and neck with half of our roster out and a rookie QB that's absolutely playing lights out. So let's take the positives of what we've done in these Saints game and these Bucks game. Let's learn from why these, why we haven't got over the hump. And that'll be down to going back, looking at these games specifically and saying, right, we didn't do this right. We didn't do this right. Can we, is there plays in our playbook that will be able to get us this and be able to get us to carry the momentum through once we're up? The coaches have got big, big roles to play now. And the leaders of the team have got big, big roles to play to pick everybody up from these last two losses, carry it through the bye and go on to put four or five wins in a row together. Let's not our one win, we need one win, two win, three, and then the momentum start, and then the talent comes back because mm-hmm. you're going to have Eckler back. You're going to have other players come back in um, through fitness and they're going to get healthier and they're going to get better. So that's that's the positives that we've got to really, that we've got to really hold on to and, and hope for, that it will click, it will get better, and that's down to players coming back, leaders stepping up, and coaches coaching and composing themselves and learning from why momentum swings have been happening the way they are. Mm. Yeah, that's it. It's like you say, going back to what you said about learning on the fly with in the game, you've got to learn on the fly in the season, haven't they, as well? And 
and kind of use this week really, you know, positively and not only like you say for the health, but also get in the film room, get in the practice field and and work some things out, work some new things in. I know that we've said, um, we've heard on the broadcast in a couple of our last games that the full playbook isn't available to Justin Herbert yet. Open it up, open yep. it up, take those train wheels off because, you know, one and four anyway. So you've got to, like you say, you've got to win the vast majority of the games that remain in to make it the playoffs. So you might as well let him, you know, let him go really. Like yeah. I say, I'm not, I'm not looking for insular play call. I'm not looking for runs on second down anymore. I'm, you know, like I'm looking at, the, the schedule that we've got coming up and I know we've jigged it around we'll mention that like I said in a little minute but it's still looking pretty soft you know we've not had a massive contender moved up it's not like the Bills game got moved up to next week or something like that instead yeah. and now we've got like oh essentially like a third loss you know, they'll, you know they look pretty soft against the Titans let's be honest but this is a good team yeah, but yeah, just going back to other positives. I know, obviously, we mentioned Justin, and and I think we'll mention Justin probably every single episode <laughs> that we ever do on the podcast because he's playing really well. And I think we're both just like all Chargers fans, like pretty in love with him at the moment. But um, really nice seeing Nasir Adley get his first pick. Obviously, mm-hmm. he has been a bit understated. He's not like had um, massive play before this. He's played reasonably well. He's not, you know, not without jumping off the page. And the pick wasn't like an amazing pick or anything like that. I felt pretty much fell to him, but it's nice to see him like take it back, you know, not panic because it's his first NFL pick and just run straight into someone like he like fully switched on into, you know, the, the, the mode that you would want it to in terms of him wanting to go and score, you know, you could see him picking up blockers in front of him. I think it was Michael Davis. He kind of ran as the broadcast was, was on. He ran to the right of the field and he picked up Michael Davis's block really nicely. And, you know, he almost scored. Um, at the time when I watched it, even though I knew the result because I didn't watch it live, but um, I thought he got he got in, to be honest. Obviously, it was just a knee that went down. Um, but yeah, really nice to see him uh, get a pick, obviously, that'll give him some more confidence now. And um, obviously, we've got Derwin to come back in that safety room, but Rayshon Jenkins is playing reasonably well as well, kind of looking to be like a pretty decent start. And then you've got Naz playing, you know, and improving now that he's getting some some snaps and some consistent snaps at like that. And then you've got Derwin's coming as well. So I don't want to look forward to next year because obviously we've just started this year. That's what it feels like anyway. But that safety room next year is going to be pretty lights out, I feel. So yeah. that's a massive positive for me. And uh, and yeah, I think just having Joey Bosa, um, I know, like we said, he, he was playing on one arm for the whole season, but yeah. how dominant he's been like the whole season yeah. so far with one arm. I can't wait for him to get back to full health. And obviously, we've got him now locked down as well. So his yeah. play, as always, I mean, it's not anything groundbreaking to say that Joe Bosa is a positive for this football team, but it's just great to see him dominating because the Saints' offensive line is pretty good as well. So it's not like he's he's not like he's he's dominating like our offensive line, let's say, which I'm sure he does all week. Yeah. <laughs> so, what have you got any more? Have you got any more positives outside of Justin to to bring up for this game? Um, I think the wide receiver um, Guyton's been a nice surprise. I think. Mm. He's- been playing and he's been playing pretty well to the, the lad to be honest um we yeah. was hoping that um that we might get a wide receiver three this year and i was thinking it might be kj hill but goiton's really done pretty well to be fair to, to fair to the lad so yeah. um yeah he's uh, it was great to have mike back as well so it was, that's it was. A, a real positive you can tell that that's going to be a with him and keen and both fit that is going to be they're going to be two absolute cornerstone pieces for her but they're going to they're going to be great to throw to. I'd throw Hunter in there as well, you know, because yep. he seems to have that relationship with with Hunter. Yeah, any that trust as well. Yeah, every quarterback trusts Allen, but we've kind of not really seen it with Mike Williams. They hadn't really linked up too much before 
Monday. I've almost yeah. said it again for the third time. But it was nice to see that kind of blossom. I know it kind of got forced because Keenan was out of the game, but it, it was nice to show that trust, especially down the field uh, for that one right at the end of regulation. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, the wide receivers have been been really good. Yeah. Shame about Joe Reed though. Not, not you know, healthy scratch kind of a player that I was really, really excited to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, just healthy scratch. You know, they're obviously preferring Guyton. They're obviously preferring Tyron Johnson as well, who obviously we mentioned in our offensive uh, roster building. Yeah. So, yeah, don't, I mean, it's obviously not a lot lost. It's only five games old into his bookie here, but I'd really like to see Joe Reed kind of come onto the field and make himself back, you know, into the into the 53 and just make some plays. Because I see, I see the opportunities for him in the plays that we're calling. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't need to be an excellent wide receiver to, to do some of those plays, like some of the jet sweep stuff and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he must be he must be not as far along in his development as we, we'd hope if we hope, um, yeah. if he's not even making the 53, which is a bit alarming, a bit concerning, yeah. but like I say, not all, not all lost yet. Well, um, even if we can get on with special teams, because at the moment, the special teams are horrendous. Like we really yeah. do this and, and what. So if we can get some players to step up in special teams, like it, it did feel like the Saints were consistently starting from their own 50. Like it did. The, the Saints' biggest plays were their returns. We, the, the longest play that they had, either running or throwing, uh, I think their longest play throwing was that Jared Cook one. But apart from that, they didn't really break off too many big plays. Their longest run was ten yards, although they, you know they, they moved the ball pretty consistently. Yeah, you know we we limited their big plays, but their big players were two returns. Alvin Kamara got a big one, thirty odd yards, and and Callaway seemed pretty dangerous every. I mean every time. He, you know, he, punt, he got a lot of punts, but he seemed yeah. pretty dangerous. Obviously, he's quite a dangerous to turn anyway, but he seemed like he could break a big one off yeah. every single time. And like you say, the coverage just wasn't up to scratch. Not like when you see Derek Watt and uh, Phillips down there last year over the past couple of years anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, special teams needs to, needs to pep up their game really a little bit. And it just feels like, obviously, KJ Hill's back there returning punts and... He just feels like he's been put there because he's a safe pair of hands. Yeah, he does. Any, yeah. any kind of return value at all. Mm. I know Johnson's like a bit of a burner. He's not really shown a great deal yet. Whereas Reed did, you know, Reed in the first game had a big return and you think, well, this is obviously like a bit of a weapon that we've got back there. So, yeah, it just feels like that kind of thing that we obviously got him for. We obviously drafted him for his special teams ability. It's not really there. It's not really worked out. Obviously, you're never going to get 100% of your draft picks. So just one of those things. But yeah, like I said, not not something that not something I'm kind of throwing the towel in with yet either. Um, it's four or five games into his career. So um, you just like watch this space. But he's going to be on a short lead, isn't he, if he doesn't book his ideas up? Yeah, I would have thought so. It's, it's you've I think you've got that in some respects with these later round picks where you obviously hope for greatness, but it's probably expect most most of the time you expect them they're not even going to be on your roster mm. in three in two or three years time so it's yeah. just one of them things it's like you always do do hope that you get late round gems but the reality is if you go through a lot of these teams rosters there is a there is a lot of first second round picks and then basically loads of random guys that are either undrafted or have gone around yeah. a few teams they're journeymen they're 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 back like that. You'll you'll very rarely get four, fifth, sixth round picks on your roster consistently throughout the years. Like you won't have go back through your roster and say, "Oh yeah, we've had we've still got our fourth round pick from 16, 17, 18, 19, and two, 20, 20. <laughs> I guess, in, ha- I guess in that happen. regard, we've been a bit spoiled because we have been pretty decent in the later rounds. 
relatively recently relatively recently yeah there's there's but it, you could still go through and say i'd probably still say there was around 30 to 40 percent of the players that we've drafted between round four and round seven they're probably not on the roster there. So. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think yeah. I, I would say that we've got a better hit rate in those rounds yeah. than, yeah. than most. I think our second and third rounds have been our bizarrely have been our kind of downfall. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, we, you know, we've got we've got a couple of decent players in the later rounds, uh, yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth round. But yeah, like you say, you know, it goes back to that B team thing that you were talking about. You know, at the beginning of the podcast, isn't it that it's hard to 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 muster up wins when you've got these later round guys and you, you're relying on them quite heavily as well. And especially against the teams that we were playing against. It's yeah. not, let's not, let's not get away from the, the, that we played. You can tell Matt rule is going to be a very good coach. He's got a very good game plan. He's doing good things with mm. that Panthers team. You've, you've got Sean Payton that we've been playing against that he's been picking, picking through teams for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. The same. Yeah, for like sure. Arians coach in the NFL. Arians is, does the business, and they've got Brady at the helm, which basically is like having two coaches there. Do you sure. know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's not get away from the fact that we've been playing some, and obviously you got Mahomes and Andy Reid is the other game that we played. So let's not get let's not get away from the fact that the strength of the teams that you're playing against, when you've got as much consistency issues as we have, because we're playing with backups. Basically, we're playing with backups. And when when you've got sixty minutes of them games with backups, the consistency is going to drop at some point, and they're going and these teams will pick you off. And yeah, that's of the problem is is that we're just not reacting quick enough to the issues that are, were creeping in during these games. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So let's move on then to this uh, new schedule that we've got where, like you say, we can maybe look forward after a bit of a rough schedule um, over the past three, four games. We can maybe look forward to some brighter skies in terms of the games that we've got coming up. You know, we've been talking about this as a bit of a soft schedule coming up. Obviously, we've moved the Jets now from week six. Chargers aren't playing next week. That's been moved. And then the everyone else has kind of moved up and we now have a buy at week 10 rather than... Uh, sorry, by week six rather than week 10, excuse me. However, the games, like I said, they're, they're not that scary, are they really? In terms of, we've not had, a, like I said before, we've not had a Bills moved up, we've not had the Patriots moved up, we've you know left the Chiefs at the, the last game. We can kind of look forward now and we can hopefully get, like I say, get healthy, get things together on the practice field. And we've got the Jags up next on the 25th. So we've got 10 days now mm-hmm. to really prepare for this. And then we've got the Broncos, Raiders, Dolphins, Jets. Five games, and like you say, we, we could win all five, couldn't we? Really, realistically, yeah, we could win all five. Yeah, there's if we can get certain players back. Um, I think the I think the key key to getting the run game going, which is what Lynn wants to do, is getting Belaga and Turner back. Which this bye week has come at a perfect time. If we can get Belaga back after this bye week and Turner, then all of a sudden you've got a run game. You've got the, the Justin Jackson and Kelly have now got no excuse that you've got two players that you can consistently run behind. If The, the Jags especially um, and the Dolphins, um, they've been run over a lot this year, like mm. just hemorrhaging yards on the ground. So two games there that if you can get the run game going, you should be able to do what they want to do in some respects, the Chargers coaches, is they want to use Herbert, get up, then run the game out. And I think that if you get... Belaga and Turner back after the bye, that run game will easily be able to do that against them two teams. 
Denver's going to be a different team now, obviously, if they've got Locke back. They're going to be yes. a, a, better than <laughs> with uh, Roy Penning and, and that. So that that's still going to be a tricky game going out. I think it is still mile high, is it, when we go to, to Denver? Or is it? Is that's it, right. Yeah, it's still away. Yeah. I think it's still going to be a tricky game. They've still got players there that can beat us, and that's going to come down to the players. Last year, we were just hemorrhaging mistakes against them, and hopefully the players can be a lot calmer and just settle into that game a little bit more. And if it's, if we go, if we go head to head with who's the better quarterback, Herbert will win that by a mile, I believe. So I think that that game there will be quite an, quite a close game. The Raiders, the Raiders game there, I can't believe what they did at the weekend to be fair to them. Like <laughs> that cars, I think that the offensive line for that Raiders team is so underrated that's just allowing Carr to be able to be far more composed because when he's not composed, he's a different quarterback. Like he's getting pressure on him. He's just, it, he's throwing that definitely it. draws parallels. Cause I was, I was thinking, you know, when Justin's got time, he, he looks really good. And I was thinking if only like Justin had time, like Carr did. On the yeah. Weekend, yeah sure. Honestly, like, so the, the Raiders game would probably be, is the, probably the game where the pressure will be on them the most, maybe in some respects, but Really, I personally think that we've got more than enough to beat all these five teams. It's just a case of can we get our can we get our leaders back on the field? Mm. We're gonna we we're missing Balaga, we're missing um, Chris Harris, we're missing Trey Turner, we're missing Melvin Ingram. If we can get these four guys back, this is a whole different ball game for the Chargers now. The next five games obviously will be crucial to the coaches, but if we can get them them guys back we've got more than enough talent to be able to get this run run going and it's just now a case of believing in this and believing that there's still hope that we can go on and pick momentum up to get into these playoffs at least into that seventh spot yeah no i can completely agree like you say this is the time when you need to build the momentum and and kind of win the games that you should do you know, there'll probably be a couple of close games in there. Won't mind a blowout or two if we can do to kind of pick up the confidence, get Justin his first win. Hopefully, against the Jags or the Broncos, just so this weight doesn't go on and on and on. Yeah. It just kind of becomes a bit of a mental thing and like a monkey on his back a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you say, I think the positives to come through, like you say, Trey Turner and Brian Balaga should be back for the the Jags. Um. Obviously, people are going to be healthier. We got confirmation from Anthony Lynn yesterday that Keenan Allen, Casey Hayward are going to be you know good to go. They're not yeah. big injuries at all. So, you know, you look at their four big players, four big bodies coming back, and that should really strengthen your team going forward. Hopefully mm-hmm. those guys can remain as healthy as possible moving through the season. We mentioned yeah. Bosa as well. You know, he's hopefully going to be able to get back somewhat to 100% health, you know, so he can play near enough, you know, 100% of the snaps like he would do. Yeah. And then you're also not only those those guys that's in the immediate, but then you're also knocking off another week for people to come back on IR as well. So, yeah, yeah hopefully looking positive and looking up. And like you say, there's going to be some close games in there, um, but uh, you know you'd like to think that some wins can be racked up. And then you're going into the Bills game with a bit of momentum, then, yeah, rather than thinking, you know, we're a bit spotty, a bit patchy, and then you're into the last quarter of the season. You know, yeah. after the, after that, you know, with the Patriots not quite last quarter of the season, but Patriots Falcons Falcons obviously not playing well, and then obviously the divisional games to finish off all three of those. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so a lot of football to be played still, and you can definitely see where the Chargers can pick up the momentum. And like you say, you've got to aim for the playoffs still. You know, you, while you're not out of it, while you're still playing relatively well in some senses, 
yeah you've got to aim for it you know you can't throw the towel in just yet and just think oh we'll, we'll do it next year because next year you know you might get the same injuries again some something that might happen you know that means that you're probably not gonna make the playoffs exactly and you've got to look at you've got to look at sh- the schedule and and you've got to have a bit of hope at, by looking at that schedule I personally think the blowout's going to come against the Jags. I think we're going to we'll, we'll tear the Jags up. I think that, so. then that will that will be the momentum swing that we need in this season to get things going. I think that it'll all come down. I think that I think put it in the books. We're going to beat the Jags definitely one hundred percent. I've got I'm really confident about us beating the Jags. It's then going to come down to the Broncos game. If that that's going to become it's going to be a lot closer game, but if you can come through that game with another win mm. and a positive win, then I think then you can start looking into the Bills game later on down the line. Cause I think the momentum gets you through that and then into them other games. But if you don't pick up that win, that win after Jack, after Jacksonville, mm. I think that. The, well, then you're one and six, aren't you? And you're thinking, you've got to win every single game the road is long after that yeah you've got you don't have any margin for error you've got to win pretty much every game so yeah yeah. pick up a couple of wins though and you've got your momentum going back you're going into the Raiders game obviously like you say quite a big game probably going to be quite a tough game as well but if you can get through the Raiders game and you get three on the bounce and you've got the Dolphins and the Jets and you're thinking my god this is definitely going to be five in a row and then you're rolling so you know, plenty to look forward to, plenty to, you know, kind of look for in these next few games. You know, the yeah. season's not over. Like, we've been trying to keep it a little bit positive over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, there's still some positivity there for sure. Yeah. So, obviously, no game coming up this week. So, obviously, not going to be able to end it on a bold take. Um, so, I'm just going to end it with a, with a question to you. So, obviously, over the last couple of days, Le'Veon Bell has been released by the Jets. Would you have a little sniff? Um... I mean, I, I, by the time this pod will go out, he'll probably be signing for someone. But well, the talk is that he's or it's either the Chet, the Chiefs, Bills, or the Dolphins. Yeah. Um. Personally, yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you need to, especially with Eckler not there. Maybe you need something in the locker room to just give it a little bit more of a shake up. Obviously, he's he's a big time player. He, he was at Pittsburgh. It's not worked out at the Jets, but that's not really that surprising to be honest. Mm. Um. There is, there is definitely positives. The positives outweigh the negatives to bring him in personally, because mm. uh, in some respects, it's even if you get Eckler back uh, after the bye, maybe week twelve, maybe week thirteen, give him some more time to rest up. You've kind of got the two-headed monster you had last year when you had Gordon and Eckler. So it's not like it's oh, if you get him in, Eckler's not going to be the same. Eckler was dominant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not yeah, going sure. to start. It Once Eckler's back, you're not going to start saying to Bell, oh, yeah, you've got Eckler's snaps. Like, that's never going to be an issue. What it is, is it's just more weapons for Herbert, more weapons for the development of Herbert. In some respects, you've got to get players like him through the door when you've got, when you've got chances to do so. And I think that it is it would definitely be worth a call to see if that is a, uh, a road that we can go down. Yeah, for sure it would be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I, I get the the player to to bring in a player of that caliber, and you know he was currently mis, misused by the Jets and Adam Gase. Um, you know, and Casey's kind of just turning his blind eye to it, which is ridiculous. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Chargers don't usually go for like players that have a bit of a. I don't know what's the right way to put it. 
a potential to cause upset in the locker room, which Le'Veon Bell possibly will be. Yeah. So he's not really a Chargers kind of player, I don't think. I mean, I'd go for it, like, say, for the player, but not for the character. Would if we me. were 4-1, and one, yeah, like, because you don't want to upset the, the, the dressing mm. room. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got a dressing room that's the, the momentum's going, it's all firing, it's all going like everything's working, then yeah, there's why why would you want to upset that that yeah, lock? Sure, sure. But the issue the issue at the moment is we're one and four. Like, what do we need? Like, in some respects, we need something to give us that like that little bit more enthusiasm, that little bit more. I don't know, a bit more fire in their bellies. And maybe yeah, you want something to shake it up, right? Get someone to come through the door that's that's been there, done that, has clearly got talent. Let's what what is there really to lose? If it doesn't work out, what do you do? Oh uh, you can get I reckon you could easily get him in the door for three or four million for this year. So yeah. what is it? Yeah, three yeah. or four million on your books? Like at the end of the day, it's a, it's a it's something worth trying. It's not like if this was, I don't know, deadline, the, the trade deadline, and mm. we were, we had only won two games, then then what really is the benefit of doing it? But if you really want or really hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel still and we can still make these playoffs, why would you not make every effort to put yourself in the best position still to make them? And I think adding someone like Bell will only enhance, one, our offence, two, Herbert, um, and and three, maybe the locker room as well. So I think, the, like I said, that I can understand what you mean. Sometimes you don't want to disturb something, but at the moment there's nothing there to disturb. You might there's nothing there personally that would would say that Bell would be a bad influence on a locker room that at the moment needs someone to maybe give it a shake. Mm. You know? Yeah, I can I can I can definitely see where you, where you're coming from with that one. I mean, like I said. I, Kind of said before that this isn't going to happen. You know, he's kind of narrowed it down to, yeah. to three, but I just thought it'd be a, a decent ending point on the for the podcast, just to kind of just. I mean, there's not many Le'Veon Bell's out there, is there? But we could definitely do with a player of that caliber, especially like we've been saying about the running game. The last couple of weeks has not been there, and those uh, those young guys could probably do with a, a bit of a presence in there until Ek comes back. So, yeah, like I say, not going to happen. But uh, yeah, one to one to ponder at least. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, I think we'll be back next week, won't we? Yeah, I think that we can... some time, yeah, covering, yeah. covering up with something to talk about while there the Chargers aren't playing. There will definitely be something to talk about now in the Chargers. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, once again, thanks for listening um, and we'll see you. we'll see you next time. <laughs>